Hired by faith, driven by results, it's the Compassion Network Podcast with Tia Ramey. Thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Network, where we discuss leadership from the perspective of faith. I'm your host, Tia Ramey, and I'm excited to introduce to you my network of compassionate friends around the state of Ohio that have made changing lives their business. Tonight, I want to introduce you to someone that I have great respect for. Dr. Wanda Suger is the president and CEO of Promises Made, Promises Kept. Her organization specializes in civic engagement and holds our elected officials accountable for the promises they make on the campaign trail. In addition, I know Dr. Suger to be an incredible leader and advocate for marginalized individuals. If you are interested in being informed about how to empower your community and your family, I hope you will find our conversation most helpful. Dr. Suber, welcome to the Compassion Network. Hello. Thank you so much. It is so exciting to be on your show, Tia. This is wonderful. I'm I'm so excited to have you on the show. You were one of the very, very first people um, when I decided to to create this platform that I wanted to make sure that I talked to. So thank you for accepting an opportunity to interview. Absolutely. Um, I I would not miss this. I especially wanted to talk to you. I'm so glad. Thank you again. And um, one thing I noticed about your organization, when you go to the website, there is a Bible mm-hmm. and a scripture is the very first thing that you see. So Absolutely. <laughs> I know that your work is inspired by your faith and you're very outspoken about that. So before we get mm-hmm. into it, uh, can you just talk to us about your professional background? It's so funny. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, pay attention to where you are, no matter where you are in the walk of life, because every experience is a teaching moment, and also it's, an, it's a nugget for your future. I started working at Battelle, and I won't tell you how long ago that was, but I was there for eight and a half years, <laughs> and that's where they, they pretty much raised me. And I have to give a shout-out to Battelle, because in terms of leadership, That is an organization that provides leadership, and you are a partner in their organization. You are not an employee. They bring out the best in you. They had uh, videotapes of us where we would actually speak on tape, and then they would let us see how that tape needed to be tweaked. I learned Mm. so much from that organization, and then they pay you for your education, so they invest in you. So I just that's where I grew up. And then I was recruited by another organization, and I was there for two years, and I was um, the second editor for 90 writers, and 89 of those writers were uh, white male. So you really had to know what you were doing. And then I moved on to work for the Ohio Department of Health as the assistant chief uh, in the um, PIO office, public uh, information office. And then I went on to, I was recruited by the um, Celeste administration, and I worked for the First Lady of Ohio uh, for constituent casework. And after that, I worked for the Department of Corrections. So I've had, I've traveled uh, a little bit. Wow. You, you've had a fantastic career. I definitely think you sold Battelle. <laughs> I hope that they're yeah, still oh my living goodness. up to uh you know, just what they have, have done in you and, and, and where, you know, that investment they've made in you. So, yeah, you know, along this beautiful and right now they're, that you go. I was just going to say about Battelle, you know, we've got to give a shout out to them because, you know, that they're uh, repurposing those um, uh, face masks. 
And they have a procedure yeah. now where they can actually cleanse those and then they can re- repurpose, the, recycle those. So that's, again, they, they do a fantastic job of, what, you know, of research. They're internationally known. So. And if they weren't, they are now, <laughs> that's for sure. Cause all yeah, absolutely. All I, think, <laughs> I think that that's excellent what they're doing to repurpose those masks. So uh, Ohio is very, very grateful. Uh, for Battelle and, and stepping up to the plate and helping out our medical professionals and providing yeah. PPE. Uh, so just a little bit back to your background, can you just give us some insight as to how your faith inspired your career? Because you've had a wonderful career. Um, yeah, you know, I, I for, really have. Yeah. yeah, talk to us about and, and your God, faith you, background and, you, and how, how it's it's led you to this point. You know, God always speaks to us. The only thing we have to do is listen. Too often we are trying to interject our opinions when Mm -hmm. people talk in circles and in conversations, and then we miss the platinum piece of, of, of a tip that we could use in that conversation because we're too busy trying to overpower the conversation. But if we sit back and listen, and if we sit back and listen to God, take that time to listen to where God wants to take us, then we can find ourselves in a place where we never even imagined. And that's what he's actually done for me. I've been able to meet people um, that I would not have been able to meet otherwise. For instance, Battelle. For instance, people within um, the Harvard School of Public Health, where I was actually asked to serve on a committee where they were looking at um, domestic violence. And uh, it it was actually the... um, I was first vice president of the National Committee for Violence Against um, Survivors for Violence, uh, Against Violence, I'm sorry. But uh, let me just start all over. It was, I was the first vice president of the National Committee for Survivors for Violence Prevention, Inc. Now you can see why it was mm. difficult for me to remember that. I'm trying to pull that back from way back. But that was an important <laughs> uh, role for me because I mm-hmm. feel that there are so many people who go through uh, domestic violence and or who have lost a child to uh, violence and yet they suffer and people don't understand how that impacts their life forever. And so that was a role that I, I um, felt was was uh, important to my service to the community. And the other role was when I received um, the President's Award for the Art for a Child Safe America Foundation. That was another uh, important peace for me because I care about children. I care about the the well-being of children. So for me to invest in that effort, um, it it made me feel so great to be able to contribute to the well-being of children. That's awesome. That's incredible. So, um, and so what is your faith background? You know, maybe a church or, you know, what – yeah, I um, about that. yeah, my my church, um, my family has always been in the church, um, Baptist, but I feel that we are all sisters and brothers as long as we believe in one God. Um, and and so we I, I grew up in the church. I mean, that's what we know. That's what we've always known. And um, we had more well, my grandfather. He was involved in the church. And then we had an uncle who actually was a uh, pastor. And then my mother grew up in the church, and that was pretty much all she she uh, she did all of her life. She sang in the choir. Um, I can sing, but that's not my path. My mother could really sing, and as the people of today say, that she could sing. 
but um, <laughs> my 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 commitment has always been, and she served in her way. All each one of us, all my siblings as well, and um, you know my niece Carmen. We've all served in a different way, and for me, it's always been giving back to the community through service. And so, if if I can volunteer, if I can, uh, for instance, Habitat for Humanity. I sat on the national committee uh, with Habitat for Humanity, representing the former director. Um, that was an experience to meet people from different walks of life, and we all had one purpose, and that was to build a home for people who could not otherwise afford that investment. Um, so that was that to me was a great experience. And you know, one one thing that I um, I felt in my walk, and where it brings me now, is I always felt that there was a way in which all of us had we all have a purpose we just have to decide what is that purpose what has god been talking to speaking to me about all of these years and the same thing keeps floating to the top and that is to serve to educate people and there have been people who said you know you need to preach no that is not my calling my calling is to educate people about their wellness what will help them um be, become whole what can help contribute to their wellness. And so having having said that, when I one of the jobs that I've had was community service and that to me was where I fit. It was almost like a uh, silver slipper and I just slipped my foot in and the, it was snug, it fit. And so I know for me I have to give back to the community and that's who I am. So when I started thinking about um promises made, promises kept, I kept hearing all of these elected officials who were already in office and then the election cycle would come around. And then those people mm-hmm. who wanted to um, compete with those folk who were also running, and then they would make these grandiose promises. And I'd sit there and think, there is no way you're going to be able to do that. And and yet nobody would challenge them. Now, you might, you might have a solo voice in a crowd, which, you know, in a solo is the weakest voice in a crowd, and it could have the strongest message. And so when you are a solo, most people will ignore you. But if you, are, but if mm-hmm. you leverage those voices, a, a collection of other voices, it will help the message to resonate. And so I felt for me I needed to bring um, a new voice to the conversation about uh, the credibility and uh, of a message that an elected official was, was, um, was giving to the community. And so I, I wanted to not challenge them on that, but let them know that somebody's going to hold you accountable. And it's not only going to be me, it's going to be those that collection of voices that I spoke about that will, will help me ask you the question, how will you do that? And not only that, once you have served in office, have you lived up to the marketing message that you gave to the voters who voted for you thinking that you would you would deliver on that vote? And if you have not, then what do you plan to do to make a correction? And so I just feel that we all need to hold not only elected officials accountable, but ourselves accountable. And then I always say Mm -hmm. that there's that gap in between. There are times when elected officials do have, and and the majority I I feel do, because we are a nonpartisan organization and we don't go after people. What we do is we ask people what have they done, and then they can then tell us what they've been able to deliver on. But we we do a check. You have to hold them accountable. And if people are interested in visiting our website, 
at promisesmadepromisescap.com, they can go to the Vote Smart tab. And that's where you can actually find out whether or not your elected official delivered on the promise that they marketed during their campaign cycle. And you can look at the bills. You can look at um, the, the topic area. For instance, if somebody's interested in health, you can go in and look at, you know, what legislation are they sponsoring? What legislation have they introduced and, and or um, signed off on? So that's, that's what I do. And, and I feel that all of us have a responsibility to ourselves. You, 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 oftentimes, you, you know, you have an elected official who's been a great um, public official, but yet he or she feels that we still want them to do what we initially voted them in to do. But if our mind changes toward that particular, you know, that initial, initial commitment, then we need to let them know. We need to sit down and talk with the official and let them know. And if they don't listen, then we have to come together collectively, and they can do that through promises made, promises kept. That's really good. I mean, you do very important work, and I think it's very important to understand how to hold your leaders accountable, especially when they are making promises and uh, people are voting based upon the hope that these individuals will uh, live up to the things that they say and and sometimes people often feel like they're being uh, emotionally manipulated into a vote. Uh, so mm-hmm. let me ask you, how, uh, where does the confidence come from to be this individual to kind of, I would say, you know, I did say speak truth to power, but um, a lot of people don't feel that their voice is relevant. You know, I didn't yeah. grow up knowing that you would talk to a legislator. They seemed untouchable to me. The, the idea that the constituents, you know, called, um, their elected officials. That just didn't even come into my mind. So uh, yeah. where where does and that I, background come from for you? I, I think what happens, it, it goes back to what I said earlier, the Lord always introduces you to what you will need later on in life. And when I worked for the First Lady, mm-hmm. um, I was able to talk with a lot of elected officials, a lot. They would call her office because what's the closest thing to the governor? the wife. So people would call me to get to her so that they could get a message to the governor. And what I learned is that elected officials, it doesn't matter about the party. There are people who will try to blow out someone else's candle to make their shine brighter. And that's what I, what, that's what I realized, that people from the same party would call and complain about someone in their own party. And I know that this goes across the board. And, and so I think it's important that we stop voting for the party and vote for the person. And, and, and this is what Promises Made, Promises Kept is about. Vote for the person. What about their performance? Has the person performed? So it doesn't care about color. Because if we look back at the civil rights movement, we had, what, 200,000 people who were white, black, a combination of just different uh, ethnic groups and nationalities, and those Mm -hmm. people stood side by side to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, and that was for civil rights legislation. Now, we could not have done that by ourselves, so we have to look at collectively what can we do. We can do so much more together than we can by ourselves. So I just feel that people stop, they need to stop voting the way that their parents voted, 
Stop voting the way that your neighbor says you should vote. Stop voting the way people at work say, say you should vote or your party. You need to look at how is this vote going to work for me? If you give it away, shame on you. Take a look at why are you giving it to this person? And again, they can go to Vote Smart and take a look at the uh, track record of that person. Has that person delivered on the promises that they've made? Let me just give you a good example of, of when people say that, uh, you know, promise something that's just impossible. Is when people yeah. say, we're going to make sure that you can get jobs. Okay, now who are you talking about? Are you talking about those people who don't have a felony? Because if you have a felony, that's a whole different story. And, and not only a felony, it's the type of felony. Felonies, uh, they are in different categories. So depending on the felony, you may not get the job that you want. You may get a job, but it may not pay as well as you, you would like for it to pay. So, so they need to be very specific. Okay, which group are you talking about? And if you think you can get everybody a job then, and somebody asks the question, I'm a felon and I'm a, I'm a felony, I have a felony three and I want to go back to being a, a nurse, how are you going to get, get, get me that job? So people need to look at who handles the, the licensure for that particular group of folks. And it's not that person that's running for office. And so we, we have to look at um, what are people saying and, and how much of what they're saying is true and what do they mean by that. And, and so if they don't mean that they can get everybody a job, then don't say that. You know, just say that we hope to improve uh, the opportunities for those of you who are looking for work. You may have to retool your skills. And if that's the case, we'll help you, we'll help identify the, the skill sets that you need for specific jobs. And if they want to tie you to a specific agency that will help you develop those skill sets, then, yeah, talk about that. Talk about where the people might be able to find those opportunities. But don't just make a, a statement that seems to be a panacea that's going to help everybody. That's not going to happen. And so I think they need to be more specific. And not only that, what's so insulting is you don't see some of these elected officials until the election cycle, and then they sit on the first or second pew in the church. And it's like, okay, where were you, you know, a year ago? And not only that, oftentimes the, the people who vote them in can't even get in touch with them afterward. What's that all about? And that's just a slap in, that's a, just a slap in, in their face, in the face of voters. Yeah. And I just think that um, we all need to pay attention to that. You bring up some really great points, and I want to address a few of them. Uh, one of those points I'd, I'd like to counter question and ask you, do you think that people have realistic expectations for what government is supposed to do? Because, you know, now we see this sense I'm sorry, since I can't even say the word. Oh, the census? People are um, <laughs> sensationalizing. That's the word I'm looking oh, for. Oh, sensationalizing. Okay. Um, you know, there's, there's this uh, who can be the most outrageous now, you know, when you see a lot of that mm -hmm. in, in your candidates, who can be the most radical and people seem mm -hmm. to either try to appeal to the far left or to the far right, and then you've got people that are in the mm -hmm. middle that feel a little bit left out, you know, um, by a lot of the uh, the conversations that are happening and even some of those campaign promises. There's a lot of moderate voters who don't feel that they identify with either party right now. So, yeah, you know, how, 
what what is the solution for that if you are a moderate voter, you know, maybe like myself that, you know, it really wants to look at the person and look at the individual, um, but well, the what we did that you are electing yeah. don't necessarily reflect your views because they're trying to appeal to the outskirts of the voters on either side. Yeah. And I and that's a that's an important question. And I think that what we need to do and and what promises made, promises kept has done, is that we've had we've held forums, and we've held public discussions, and we've held them for different reasons. One, I don't know if you remember issue two. Issue two was you know healthcare for everybody. And they had layers and layers of information and misinformation, and the voters were totally confused. So we held a forum to discuss how issue two would impact the voter and the voters that would benefit and those who would not. Then you had, uh, then we had another uh, forum where we had people come in and talk specifically about what they were doing to deliver on the vote that was cast on their behalf, and the. The people in the uh, the group, the, the people who were there, were able to ask very specific questions that would personalize the question to their well-being. And I think that we need to do more of that. I think that what we need to be mindful of is that people can tell you anything. They can say, oh, yeah, I did that. But you've got to do a self-check. You've got to, you've got to go back and say, okay, what have I d- done to follow up on what this person said? And if you, again, go to Vote Smart. And, and look through um, that, that look, go, uh, go to Vote Smart, and you can hit on the tab, and then you can actually investigate and explore whether or not that person has delivered on what they, they have said. So if you are in a, if we are at a forum, and let's say we have a group of elected officials, and I've done this, um, the, the people in the audience are able then to ask very specific questions. We, we hand out cards, um, note cards, because we, what I don't want is for, people to be invited to my house and not my physical house. I'm talking about the church or wherever we decide, a library, wherever we decide to host the event and to feel as though they, can never, they, they didn't have a good time and they can't come back and they weren't treated fairly. That's not who we are. We, we try to manage the whole conversation and um, we, we try to make certain that we minimize any combativeness by controlling the cards. We collect the cards. We don't have people stand up and ask the question. We Collect the cards, ask the, car, ask the question from um, where we're standing, and then they, they either bring it to me or they can ask um, from where they're standing. This is the people who are hosting the event with me. And then the elected official who the question is directed to can then ask, answer the question. And we don't have any back and forth. Now, if they want to ask, of course, they can have that conversation with the elected official if they need more clarity. But we will not allow people to come in and 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 have a, a verbal confrontation back and forth and show their agitation when there are other people who may also have questions and they, they are there for the same reason that that person is there. So we try to, we, we've had um, public forums and then since the coronavirus, we've had, um, of course, I've, I've got the live show and I do that because I felt that we needed to have conversations that we have after church, and it, that's what it's called, chat after church, so the listeners will be able to visit our website and also listen in on Sundays um, after church, so to speak, when they um, listen to their their pastor, uh, the, the pastor's live uh, show. They can then visit us and then listen to our show, which comes on at 2 o'clock and sometimes a little later. But 
what the, the point I'm trying to make is that all of us need to realize that we have to listen to our wellness. And if we're going to give away our vote, we've got to make certain that we ask the question, why are we giving this vote away? And make certain that it speaks to you. Don't allow other people to spoon feed you to get what you feel that you need. You find out what it is you need, and then you vote the way that is the thing that's going to benefit you the most. Thank you so much for um, providing those insights because I I think it's very important that people understand uh, how to vote and why they're voting and who they should be voting Mm -hmm. for. And and it's become almost robotic sometimes from generation, Mm -hmm. from one generation to the next, you know, and and like you said, people vote the way their parents voted, but they don't really stop and question why or dive into the Mm -hmm. research or find out, you know, there's, there's so many reasons why someone may even join a particular party. Um, and, and things are very different now. Um, it used, you know, now when people say conservative, there used to be a lot of Democratic conservatives. There still are. You know, there's a lot of conservative mm-hmm. Democrats. There's a lot of liberal Republicans. So people automatically associate conservatism with Republican and liberal views with Democrat, and that's not always um, true. Uh, same for when exactly. they talk about the right and the left. They associate people who are um right wing with conservatives and they don't always they're not always the same and they can they will view liberals as leftists and that's not always the same so uh, it's very important yeah, that and people he, understand and take the time to do the research yes and you know one of the things that um and I've got to go back to something that mother teresa said and and she said if we have no peace it's because we have forgotten that we belong to each other and and I think that that's what has mm. happened. It it seems as though there's so much division, and and we don't you know people if they look at the families of 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 any any family that they approach, they will see that everybody needs the same thing. Everybody wants the same thing for their family. They want health. They want wellness. And 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 so and they want the best jobs. They want opportunities just across the board. And if you find a family that doesn't want that, I need to see that family. I need to know who that family is because they don't exist. <laughs> Everybody wants the same thing. And, and and so we have got to stop blowing out the candle of someone else and, and just so that ours will shine brighter. And it party doesn't matter to me anymore. It used to. Now it's about performance. And you don't realize that until you, you get you, you, you get into your later years. I remember uh when we were growing up, it was always this party, vote for this party. Okay. Now I'm voting for the person, not the party. Because I, mm-hmm. I have seen where people within the party that I used to support it is not always the best person for the party. And so if you're looking to find somebody to deliver on your vote, find who the best person is. And sometimes that person doesn't necessarily look like you. And so that's why we all need to do our research. That's really good. I I try to encourage people to to not look for saviors in government. I I try to say look for partners. You know, and when Mm -hmm, you think about mm -hmm. a partnership, you're saying, who uh, who of these elected officials are good for you to partner with? Not looking for someone who can do the work for you because there's only so much government can do, but if you are doing work and you're serving your community, who is going to make the work that you have to do uh, better and easier for you to get that mm-hmm. work done? 
And I think yes. that that's one of the best ways to vote is to say who, who understands the fight and the struggle of what I'm trying to do to support my family and support my community. Who can I partner with um, in legislation? Yes, who can I partner with in the city council? Who can I partner with, you know, in, at the school board? So that means we all have mm-hmm. a part to play and we all have to be very, very yeah, much absolutely. involved. So if you and, can and, we, and, we can't, us, and we can't be je- I'm sorry. No, and, no, and we can't it. be jealous and we can't be jealous of one another because we're all mm-hmm. in this race together. And and the human race is not an easy race. <laughs> and and so if we can make somebody else's life better by making a contribution, whether it's to support them, just like you and me, we we support each other. And and my supporting you is not going to take anything away from me and vice versa. You have supported me and I appreciate that. And I think if more people do that, then they will find that they will have so much more in the giving. When you give, you get so much more. And and yeah. so if we could all think about it that way, it, it would make our lives so much better. Again, you know, Mother Teresa, I just love uh, some of her messages. And um, she talks about the fruit of silence is prayer. The fruit of prayer is faith. The fruit of faith is love. The fruit of love is service. Of service is peace. And I think when I serve, that's what I get. I feel a peace because I know that I'm able to contribute to the wellness of another individual's well-being. So I, um, so I'm able to contribute to another person's yes wellness. And, I love and that so quote. for me, I do too. And, and so for me, that makes my life whole because I know that I'm helping somebody else in some way that will help make their life a lot better. And and one thing That's I would cool. like to mention to somebody before I forget um, to the listening audience is uh, not to forget to vote. Please remember to vote. Um, and the there is no inside voting, and people will have to vote by by mail, and they have to have that ballot uh, date stamped by April twenty seventh. So I just wanted to, to give a shout out. out for that. I know, yes, I know. <laughs> So we've got a few <laughs> seconds left. Why don't you just let us know how we can support you and the work that you're doing out there in the communities in Central Ohio? I would love for everybody to visit uh, PromisesMadePromisesKept.com and just listen to the, the uh, conversations that we have, and I would like for you to support us. Every other week we have the show and if you could make a donation, please do that, because if we eventually, yes. when we do the um, outside uh, programs, it will help with some of the things that we need to purchase, uh, like note cards and cups and things of that nature. It won't, we're not asking for a, a large contribution because service does not require that. But we're, we are asking, if you can't contribute uh, a monetary donation, just tune in, because we have a lot that we're going to talk about uh, our human trafficking uh, piece that we were going to do uh, in April, early April, of course, that was a physical location. Of course, we couldn't do that because of the pandemic. However, that's a conversation that will probably come up. But the next show is going to have a conversation that I know people will want to hear about. And just let me just say this, give you a, a, a slight tease. A lot of times after church, we have these private conversations and I talk about, um, on the show, I talked about the gut-wrenching conversations that make us laugh uh, as women and, and, and men too. However, this conversation is going to be pretty serious, and I think it touched the belly of the church. 
and uh, it's something that people don't want to talk about, and it's going to be domestic violence in the church. So we hope that people will will, will listen, uh, will tune in and listen uh, on Sunday. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Excellent, excellent. So you heard it straight from Dr. Suber. Please, please, please make sure that you visit um, her website, and she has a link to Vote Smart so you can begin to do some of your homework on the candidates that you're considering, and hopefully you are participating in the primary election. Uh, In closing, guys, the Compassion Network is all about leadership from the perspective of faith. It takes great faith and courage to speak truth to power like Dr. Wanda Suber. Understanding your authority and the power of your voice will take you to higher levels in your faith journey. Please learn more about Dr. Suber and support PMPK by visiting CompassionNetworkPodcast.com to read her bio. You will find a link to her website, or you can visit her directly at PromisesMade-PromisesKept.com. And you can also leave a donation on her website. If you have any questions at all, please find the Compassion Network on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, and have a great night. You are listening to the Compassion Network Podcast.